seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill them? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started laughing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Dave. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? Great. Planning our move to France, which is coming up in a little over a month. Going to be great. Wait, what? Yes. The trip you are very much aware of, as per our previous conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Remind me. (laughs) Yeah. So I and I are looking to move out of the area for a little while. And we landed on France. Originally, it was Portugal. But she wants to brush up on her French which is what she went to school for, partially. And I, you know, I don't know. I'm sure France is fine. I've only been to Paris briefly. Mm -hmm. But that's the move now in April. Do you have, like, a place lined up? Do you have... You do? In a a way. We we have a bunch of Airbnbs. I've already, like, favorited any one of them would do. I checked out the photos, made sure they have places to work from. And also there's a Facebook group where you can, you know, request to sublet a room. And that might actually lead to some good results. I did that in Scotland, and I found a pretty cool place. Interesting. Wow, that's coming up fast, Gabe. Very, very fast. And we'll be gone most of March as it is. So Yeah, you're going on another trip. uh, Colorado and New Jersey. Well, look at you living your life. Yeah, now that COVID is officially over. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) I mean, no more mask mandate. That's true. That is gone. But how are you doing? Great. Yeah. Top notch. Nothing exciting there. Oh, you know that pine tree that was in front of our house? I yeah. don't even know if it's a pine tree. There's a giant ash- the tree. Yeah. The tree. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a pine tree. I don't know. It was really ugly and awful and I hated it and it dropped sap and it sucked. It's gone. <laughs> that innocent tree. Are, are you using the wood for lumber to build things? No. Like we could we could have used it for firewood, I guess, but it was so sappy. That Still, was like, doesn't sap burn well or longer? Doesn't it go like crackle, crackle, pop, pop, and like yeah. shoot stuff at you? But that, you know, adds an element of excitement <laughs> in your evenings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they did with the wood. We called them one day and we're like, we have this really big tree. So like, we're wondering if we can get an estimate to remove it. And they came and they looked at it and they're like, oh, this is going to be like $500. We can do it tomorrow. And we're like, okay. And they did it. And surely you guys could have removed it. It was huge. It was like probably two and a half stories taller than our house. Okay. That is massive. It was really big. Yeah. You could have just dropped it onto the street and just been like, how did that happen? (laughs) Wow, I don't know where these uh, axe marks came from. (laughs) Well, Danny, I'm glad to hear you're contributing to the death of our planet by cutting down trees. I probably was sick. It looked like it was dead. I don't know. (laughs) We'll plant another tree in its honor that we're not scared of falling over onto our house. Hashtag sustainability. Yes. (laughs) Did you know that's actually a mandate? Is like if you cut down a tree... That's like a certain, it's like a price. If it's above this price to take it down, you have to plant another tree. Oh, what's the price point? I don't remember because we ended up not applying for a permit. <laughs> <laughs> you just cut it down? Yeah. <laughs> like, eh. Well, the tree guy said we didn't need to. He was like, oh yeah, with this one, you don't need to. And I was like, okay. Good enough. Yeah. 
that we have someone to point to at least. If, yeah. if we're the, like this professional. Yeah. <laughs> we trust him. This dude with an axe showed up and told us we didn't need a permit. So uh, we believed him. No, we just like left for work and came home and the street was gone. What if it wasn't even him? What if, what if he showed up and was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, we did it. 500 bucks. It's probably our neighbors who just yeah. complained about the tree. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, we hate this tree so much. And they're like, it gets sap all over the sidewalk. <laughs> so yeah, living my life. Nice. Ruining the planet. I mean, I, I mean, use it, plastic water bottles. So. It's all going downhill anyway. Anywho, we got an interesting case here. Yeah. So we did a couple, I guess not gnarly ones, but... We did, what was the long one we did on? I'm blanking on her name. Me too. Because that was weeks ago. Yeah, it was. We're not good with names, are we? No, I shouldn't have even mentioned it. Brookie Lee West. So we did her, and then I was researching a different case that we did, and both of them are just kind of too much for me. So this one's a little bit less serious. It still, it still has murder. It's still serious. But it's also just wild. Okay. <laughs> so are you ready for a story? Yeah. That's just, I don't even know. Okay. Hit it. Here we go. Her name, she was born as Lauren Renee Sims in January of 1966. She was born in Brooksville, Florida, and had a fine childhood, normal. In high school, she was a good student, a cheerleader, and she had an IQ of 140. So genius. Yeah, like really smart. Yeah. So she ends up getting married at the age of 18 and dropping out of high school. Less genius. Yeah, and then she had a kid, and then she divorced that guy and had a different kid with another guy. She kind of starts stealing things. She's arrested for stealing hair dye, and then when she's released from that, She stole her boss's credit card and used it and then was arrested again. And here's a quote from private investigator David R. Spender, who told Oxygen's Snapped TV show. She used her womanly ways to acquire credit cards, checkbooks, and in some cases would marry the male that she was seeing to use those cards. Okay. So... Very financially motivated. Yeah, but it's also like there's no explaining how she went from like excelling in school to this. I think the IQ test was wrong. Interesting. Because. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. Is she smart or is she not? She doesn't seem especially (laughs) smart right now. (laughs) Yeah. After being released for... Using her boss's credit card, she has to wear an ankle monitor and she ends up cutting her ankle monitor off and bailing to Vegas with her daughter, Haley. And guess how she spells her daughter's name? Oh, no. (laughs) Is it H-A-L-I? Speaking of Starbucks, close. Hey, oh, is it H-A-Y-L-E? Closer. H-A-Y-L-I. Closer. What? (laughs) H-A-Y-L-E-I. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So she essentially like flees and goes on the run. And her other child, she has to, he is with his father. So while in Vegas, she keeps up her life of crime. She has a known 
38 aliases and some of these are like actually real names and she managed to steal the social security numbers. So like actual identities and some of them are just fake names that she has. So when she goes to Vegas, she's not Lauren Renee Sims. She's a Lisa. So in 1995, she applies to a job at a law firm. It's for like the injury, injury law. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, those commercials. Were you injured in a car crash? Yeah. I always say I was. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I always call them up. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> what can we do? Yeah. So she meets Larry McNabney, and he's actually the owner of this company. And he hires her as his office manager. And based on what experience? She probably lied. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so she is hired as his office manager, and she and him hit it off. And she's like, hey there, sexy. You're 20 years older than me, but that's fine. And everyone in the office is reported as being happy and supporting them when they announce that they're dating. So apparently he's a really good boss and he's like, if it's your birthday, he'll like show up with a cake, he's thoughtful, that kind of thing. And then like, I don't know if they don't know about the age difference or they don't care or the fact that he's the boss, but which is in itself like a form of not okayness. Yeah, but this was the 80s, right? No, 95. Born... Oh, I mean, even the 90s were a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah. So the whole 90s were kind of a weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes a turn. Of yeah. Like They're like, oh, we regret being okay with this. Yeah. So in late 1995, his firm gets complaints from clients like, hey, we were supposed to get this much money for like the case being won and we didn't get that amount. So they complain to the bar and the state bar of Nevada and they come in and investigate his law firm. Plot twist, not really, totally expected. Elisa had embezzled more than $74,000 from clients. I thought it would be more, to be honest. She's working there less than a year. Oh. And she's taken... <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what, maybe two years salary for her? But in a, in a couple months, it's a lot of money. All right. It's yeah. enough for them to notice. I'm just, and when I hear about embezzling cases, I'm used to hearing like these large figures, like they embezzled over a million dollars. Act surprised, just go, <gasps> Yeah, you're right. Oh, wait, the script says, <gasps> There you go. Thank you. <laughs> That's the reaction I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so the clients would be awarded money and not given the full amount, like I said. Mm -hmm. And then Larry ends up having to close his office in Nevada because his license is revoked because of this. And he moves to Sacramento with Elisa. What? Wait, so surely the investigation proved she did it. And he didn't file charges and was like, we'll, we'll just move away together. Yeah. It's, you know, that kind of love. See, I always wish I could be privy to what those conversations, how they went, because I'm like, what could, what did she say where he was like, let's move to Sacramento together. I know you stole $74,000, but like, it's chill. And you know, I had to close down my law firm because of you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And they were married, right? No. Oh, okay, so they were just dating. Just dating. Okay. <laughs> but their love prevailed. Oh, naturally. And so they moved to Sacramento, and in 1996, they do get married. 
wise move. Is it? Is it though? Love um, knows no boundaries. <laughs> so, as I said, Larry was significantly older. He also had issues with alcoholism. He had been on and off the wagon. And he had four prior divorces, two of which had restraining orders against him at this point. What? Yeah, so he wasn't like a great dude, <laughs> assuming from what we know about him. So even though he's a great boss, he wasn't a good husband. Weird. Those two things tend to correlate as well. I don't know why, why that wouldn't. I mean, really? <laughs> no, I feel like I don't they know. don't. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> They're two unrelated things. Alisa had two prior divorces at this point, And I mean, I doubt Larry knew about that. She was probably like, oh, I've never been in love like this before. <laughs> hey, as far as she goes, third time's a charm. We all know this. For sure. So <laughs> Larry's new practice, he opens up a practice in Sacramento and it ends up being wildly successful. And he has like a whole office. He hires more people. And then he lets Elisa work in his office again because he's smart. <laughs> I thought yeah. you'd have a reaction. I, I, it's more like, okay, like at a certain point, you're kind of at fault here. You know? Like, you know. Don't victim blame. She embezzled money out of your law firm. And you hire her again into your law firm. And you married her. Like, <laughs> I get she's, you know... Most... Okay, I'd understand being like, I'm so in love with you, I'll forgive you, but, like, I'm going to keep you out of the business. Right. <laughs> Actually, I, mean, I wouldn't understand, but I'll <laughs> pretend to. Same boat. So, I mean, granted, I'm sure she, like, said she was sorry, I've changed my way. Like, I, I know she she really put the... I, I, I don't know, but I suspect she, she, probably she did. put she's, the pressure on yeah. him, right, and claimed to change and said she would do better and... But we were doing so well together before I embezzled money, so we should do it again. Mm-hmm. Love, forgiveness, all that jazz. Yes. But no, just just no. If someone steals money from your business, do not trust them in your business. Mm-mm. Yeah. So he hires more people, one of which is a woman named a 21-year-old art student who worked at the law firm as a legal secretary named Sarah Dutra. And Elisa and her, like, quickly become friends. And... So like Larry would work late and then those two would just be like, hey, let's go get dinner together. And what's her name? Alisa. I was like, what name is she? Hmm? Uh, I said Alisa Dudra, but I, com <laughs> I combined the names. No, it's Alisa McNabney. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, married, married name. Yeah. So Alisa had always really been into horse racing. And so then her and Sarah kind of got into it together and they'd go out to see these horse races as a hobby. And Elisa would like take money and bet on the horses and like try to get more money because Larry, as she said, was too stingy with the purse strings. <laughs> you know, I've never heard of a, or I've never seen it, seen someone who bets on horse races uh, win? painted. Oh. <laughs> no, well, one win, but two painted in the good light in any medium. Like it's That's always true. the person yeah. who has a problem gambling and they're like, oh, I just got to win one of these horse races and I'll be even. Is horse racing mean? I feel like it's mean to the horses. I don't know. That's, it's, but like people race. Right. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice from eating them. That's true. So Elisa and was like really surprisingly in not I'm just the sarcasm. Okay. She was very into designer things like shoes and purses and whatnot. And her and Sarah would buy like matching Gucci purses and shoes. And of course Elisa would foot the bill. Naturally. Mm-hmm. 
But Larry, who's very careful with money, didn't like her wasting money on labels. And she was like, why you gotta do this? So we have to fix this, you know, let's get Larry out of the way and kill him. And then we'll have access to all his money. So on September 10th, 2001, so they married in 96. How long is it? September 10th, 2001? Yeah. So the day before 9-11? Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Wait, so they got married in 96. How long is that? Uh, five. Four. Four. No, five. Because six to one. Six to, yeah. So four plus one. So they've been married like five years and they go out to the horse races together. Wow. They don't even know like tomorrow our lives are going to change. Right? <laughs> Nuts. So they go. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't even think of that. Sorry. Gabe, you just like blew my mind. <laughs> So they got to the horse races, Larry, Elisa, and Sarah in LA. And they have a great day. Witnesses even report seeing them all laughing and just like having a grand old time, you know? And a few hours into the day, Larry just like lapses. And so people rush over and Elisa shoes them away. And she's like, don't worry, it's under control. It's totally fine, I got this. So her and Sarah like boost him up and they like walk him to the car and people just kind of are like assume like, oh, either drank too much or maybe he's got some kind of sickness we don't know about, that kind of thing. Fair, could be narcoleptic. Mm-hmm. And obviously you don't want to call an ambulance because that's expensive. Oh yeah, five grand, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so they go and then they take him to a hotel and the next day neighbors see Larry. So they take him in a hotel, sleep there, next day go home because they live in Sacramento from LA. So that's like what, a four hour drive, five hour drive? Sacramento to LA, mm -hmm. that's a much longer drive. Okay, so they stayed at a hotel and then went home the next day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, never forget. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, so. The next day, neighbors see Larry in a wheelchair and they're like, that's kind of weird, but they're probably focused on other events, so they don't really think much of it. And then he's just not seen again. Wait, someone <laughs> moved him? What? So they see him. They see, like, Elisa rolling him in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they're like, that's weird. But then, like, that's the last time he's seen. Okay. Is that okay? Does that make sense? I, I'm just, I'm thinking about 9-11. <laughs> no. You ruined this episode, Gabe. But, but, <laughs> yes. So, so wait, at the hotel in Sacramento, he was wheeled in a wheelchair. No. Okay. So, from the so, hotel, they yes. drive home and then... With they, him in the car? Yes. Oh, weird. Okay. So, he's home with Elisa in Sacramento Okay. And his neighbors and her neighbors see him being wheeled in a wheelchair. And they're like, that's weird. I assume from the car into the house. Okay. And, oh, what if he's... Anyways, it doesn't matter. I was like, what if he's dead at this point? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elisa tells prying people, because, like, you know, a few weeks pass and 9-11 doesn't die down. But, like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, we haven't seen this man in a while. So she starts to tell like people, nosy neighbors and his ex stepkids or whatever they're called, 
his kids from previous marriages? His kids? <laughs> yes, but there, not there their any... kids. So... Just his... Right, yes. just his kids, yes. Okay. Just his kids. She tells them, like, he's really sick, so... He can't talk on the phone right now. Like, I'll keep you updated. Mm -hmm. And then she changes that and she's like, he's too busy to talk to you. Or he doesn't, she starts telling his kids, like, he doesn't want to talk to you. He's moved on to a new family. That's me. And then a month after he hasn't been seen, she starts telling people that Larry left and filed for divorce. Not a bad cover. What? Nobody's heard or seen him. And she's like, oh yeah, he's filing for divorce. Because he's so upset over the divorce. <laughs> Too upset to even talk to his kids. Hey, um, like you said, they're his ex-kids or stepkids or whatever you call them. <laughs> <laughs> so Alisa begins selling his personal belongings. And people are like, it's kind of weird, right? Like, Again, 140 IQ. Really? <laughs> <laughs> So the police are called, and it turns out actually the first person to call the police is one of the business people who works in the law firm. It's like she worked in the office, and she's like weird as fuck. So she called the police first, but then after that they get a few more calls, and so they come and they knock on the door, and they're like, "Hello, anybody home?" And nobody's home. Elise is gone. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who can't see Gabe, he just rolled his eyes. <laughs> in February, so that's like January. And then in February of 2002, yeah, a, sorry, I was like 2001. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. So 2002, a leg is found sticking out of the ground at the San Juan Vineyard. How sticking out? Like straight up? Like a, or like, like I think a toe. Okay, that's what I'm like guessing. Okay, so was not buried that deeply. No, and also it's winter. They probably got rain. Right. Okay, so they find they see a leg sticking out of the ground like a weed. Yeah. So they call the police. Guess guess who the body is? Probably her ex husband slash current husband. Current husband, yeah, Larry Mc. But who's dead? So that counts. Now. Does that count as an ex if they're dead? Her wit widow? No, she's a widow. Late. Her, Her late, late husband. husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is Larry McNabney. So they do an autopsy and a toxicology report, and they find out that he was poisoned. Oh, by what? <laughs> I was going to be like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, okay. Let me, let me try. Uh, is it rat poison? It's always a classic. It is a classic. It is not. Mm. This is actually Did how I found this story. I was like, women who murder husbands. <laughs> Did she use cyanide? Nope. It's hard to get your hands on. I will give you a hint. It has something to do with where they were that day that he was murdered. At a casino? No, they're at, at a bar, the, right? The horse races. Horse tranquilizer? Yes. <laughs> horse tranquilizer. <laughs> oh, that would have been a big dose. Yeah. Not that big, actually. Well. It's for horses. So. Well, they're very bad at math. So the neighbors tell police like hey yeah we haven't seen elisa since january 11th she like took her brand new jaguar and just left and never came back <laughs> and they also mentioned how she like complained all the time 
about how Larry didn't let her have enough financial freedom. And one friend was like, yeah, she casually asked me if horse tranquilizers could kill a human once. And the police were like, what? 140 IQ, ladies and gentlemen. Google that shit. Yeah. <laughs> On like a public library computer. In incognito mode. Yes. So police are like, cool, cool, cool. Like easy peasy. She did it. We yeah. know this. And they type her name into the system for stuff and things like license and no criminals really a database that would have she yeah. has she has a rep a rap sheet so well alisa mcnab mcnabney doesn't exist true right but you and said known aliases not or, known yet sorry oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> like now known oh, okay <laughs> and they're like wow alisa does not exist so they get a warrant and they search the law office and the weird thing is it's empty. Like, all the records for Elisa are gone. Oh, okay. She covered her tracks a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? So they go, they search her home. That's empty. They find a horse trailer that she owns. And inside, they find the missing paperwork. Uh, well, okay. not Okay. Not and okay. they find, like, Jeez. papers that she hid for that have her real name and stuff like that. Why couldn't she put those in the Jaguar she drove off with? I don't know. Or burn them? Shred them? I don't, yeah. It's paper. Any number of options. Yeah. It's easier to get rid of than a computer. Like. Yep. So her real name shows and they type it in into the system and do their detective thing. And she has a criminal record, 113 pages long. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. So there's this like nationwide manhunt and she goes not viral because like honestly she wasn't really well known but <laughs> she gets some some press coverage yeah so she goes on the news and stuff and somebody recognizes her and they find her hiding at her daughter's friend's house in florida she was using an alias alias but somebody saw her face recognized her and turned her in for the reward money how much was it not much i think it was like ten thousand. <laughs> Damn, that's still pretty good. Yeah, that's true. So she is arrested and she's charged with murder on March 18th, 2002. So she was on the run for one month, two months. She left January 11th. It's more than Brian Laundry. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, he was. I feel like that lasted forever. But he wasn't really on the run. He was just dead. That's. Yeah, that's true. Do we count that as being as time on the run no, until you get found? No, I don't think so. You commit suicide, you're done. Your your time on the run ends. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. So. <laughs> hey, no need to air his dirty laundry out here on the podcast. Oh my god, gave him his puns today. <laughs> so, she gets arrested in Florida, and she's waiting for like extradition to California because that's where she committed the murders. Yeah, murder, and. She... Was it a Freudian slip? Does she kill more people? No, she doesn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just used to more than one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, while she's in prison, she rips up her pillowcase, braids it together, and commits suicide. Huh. I wonder why. <laughs> well, she, lucky for us, leaves a very detailed suicide note. Oh, that's handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a good suicide note. It's pretty much just a confession to killing Larry and then, like, implicating Sarah. She's like, if I'm going down, Sarah's going down with me. Why not just cut a deal and try to get, like, less time? I don't know. I feel like if I committed a murder with somebody, 
and I was gonna commit suicide, I probably just wouldn't mention the other person. I'd be like, eh. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, seems oddly vindictive of her, towards her friend who- She's probably a vindictive person. A little man, bit. This makes me feel bit. like I've lived my life completely incorrectly. Because <laughs> if this genius woman, if this is the way she chose to live her life, what does that say about us? <laughs> what if she just made up the IQ score? <laughs> it, she must have. She she seems the smartest thing she did was move the files out of the office, but then moved them to a location where they were easily found. Yeah. Instead I mean, of destroyed them. Yeah, I don't know. How smart is one forty? That's a genius. Oh. That's, that's that's oh, the, it's like legit. Yeah, yeah. Oh. that's the cutoff for a genius. I mean, book smart doesn't mean people smart. That's, I mean, yeah, I mean, ultimately IQ is not the best. I mean, okay, it's probably the best single indicator of intelligence, but it is not the only type of intelligence. Yeah, it's not all inclusive. Right, because I know there there is, yeah, there is some some correlational studies on like high IQs tending to do better in terms of like, like professionally mm -hmm. in, in life. Mm -hmm. So that is one metric to gauge it by. But I would, I would think that applies to like, okay, Cause effect, cause effect. If I kill this person, wh what kind of poison should I use? Where do I put the body? Like, how do I plan this out? I would, I think IQ measures exactly one's ability to sort of plan things out and think things through. Well, get ready, get ready. Cause in our suicide note, we're gonna go down, like into the details now of what happened. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, okay. So, Elisa says, the morning that they would go to the horse races, she makes some coffee. She puts the horse tranquilizer in it, in the uh, coffee. And then they go to the horse races and they're just waiting for him to pass out. And I'm like, why would you take him somewhere public? What? Yeah. What? Like, so everybody can see with him when he faints? I don't know. So they go to the horse races and wait for it to hit. And then when... He passes out, they take him into the car and then to the hotel, and then they give him more horse tranquilizer in the room. And then they wanted to bury him in the desert while they're driving back from LA to Sacramento, but he wouldn't die. So they just end up taking him home. <laughs> like what? <laughs> this is so odd. You have a, a track of people who will remember the man who collapsed and the two women he was with. Yes, and then like he won't, like you're killing him and he won't die. Kill him a different way. Even, yeah, even if you buried like, him in the desert. Yeah, like, You're gonna show die. up home and people will be like, oh, how was the trip with your husband? Oh, he's not here? <laughs> oh, he's now reported missing? Like it was not well thought out. Mm -mm. And then like, I don't know. It's ridiculous. So they take him home where he does die so i think when the neighbors saw him in the wheelchair it was them getting out of the car and going to the house but he was still like out of it yeah so i think he was alive in the wheelchair so he dies at home and then they're like what the freak do we do with this fridge or fuck i just gave it away this body <laughs> so they move his body to fridge they have in the garage and they oh. duct tape it shut until december so this is from September till December. He's sitting in a fridge. Okay. <laughs> and then in December, they move his body to the vineyard where he's later found. And before she runs, Elisa like liquidates all the assets that she can. 
which is about yeah, a yeah. little over $500,000. And then this part, I just like, what are you thinking? She gives the fridge away to a friend, you know, because I don't know, like what? What? Like, why would you? I don't know. Throw it away. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure your trash service does that thing where it takes, like, large items twice a year. Yeah, and they probably break free. it down. Mm-hmm. But anyways, she... Oh, and her suicide note, she also tells her lawyer to sue the jail for preventing her suicide. For, like, failing to prevent her suicide. So in her note, as she's about to commit suicide, yeah. she's like, also, also sue them for lawyer. not preventing this. Yes. Okay. Because it's supposedly supposed to be like part of the jail's job but they're like she wasn't on suicide watch and we like oh but she wants to give the money to her kids oh, i see but she doesn't get any money because because she stole it well, well no. she killed someone for it no no so she sues the jail and she's like i'm gonna get oh, money and she wants to use that money and give it to oh, her oh i thought you meant the 500 dollars she liquidated no 000. that was all taken and given back to i assume whoever's in his will but she doesn't get money because the jail's like, we did regular checks. She wasn't on suicide watch. Like, we did everything we're supposed to. We're not negligent. And anyways, and she also like lied about how often they checked on her. And it was just stupid. So <laughs> she dies. And then she implicates Sarah. So Sarah receives a 10-year sentence. Damn. Yeah. And she was 21 when she was an accomplice. And then she was released in late 2011 at the age of 31. Wow. So and she's been out for over a decade. Yes. She's now 41 or 42, depending on her birthday. The accomplice, Alice? Sarah oh. <laughs> Durst? Dunst? What Durst. Yeah. Oh, is, is the story over? Mm-hmm. That was a very more traditional murder story. Classic motive, monetary gain. Yeah, it's just wild. I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? I think you're right. There's no way she had a 140. No, how could she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was so poorly done. So poorly thought out. Because he was, he was 20 years older, right? He was older. Like she could have faked a heart attack. Yeah. Really? Like, I don't know. And if she's his wife, can't she be the one to be like, no, I don't want an autopsy? That too. Yeah, she could have done that. Maybe she was like, horse tranquilizer doesn't last in the system or something. It does. It's not, I don't know. It was wild. She's, um, well, she's dead now, so. Yeah, but we all know the real, the real story of this story is 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> Which. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Thanks for the story, Danny. Of course. I don't have a whole lot to add because she's kind of dumb and she just killed one person. Like, come on, get it together. I am curious about Sarah and what she's up to because, like, she did wasn't accomplished. She did move this body. Like, that's something I don't think I could do as a person. Not even for a Gucci bag. Or <laughs> I think she was also given a car. What about two Gucci bags? No, I don't really like Gucci. <laughs> Maybe like a, what's the, what's the, Louis Vuitton maybe? Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, that's, I don't know anything about these brands. I know they're famous and like very popular, but. Maybe a Birkin bag. Is that, Hermes. is that a real brand? Yeah. Oh. They're like six figures. For a bag? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get the point of bags. Just make clothing for women that has pockets. The end. 
Gabe's hot take. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Just get rid of bags altogether. <laughs> All right. Listen. Or no, don't listen to us. Like us. Yeah, don't listen to us. <laughs> What are you doing? Oh my God, it's been a long day. Gabe, take us out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And one of these days, I will get the damn blogs up. One of these days. It won't be today or tomorrow or the day after, et cetera, et cetera. But, but it will happen. Unless we're We won't three. hold our breath. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It'll happen before, during, or after World War Three, And that I can guarantee Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> Except not after, because we'd all be dead. Bye. Bye. <laughs>